Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, look, tonight I'd just like to drop a message into your heart, something about connecting with God, something about, um, I guess, hearing for yourself about what he says to you. And so, Lord, I'm asking that tonight that people's ears be open, that, that something of a revelation of God would drop into your spirit, to know that to walk out these days of great adventure in serving God, knowing God, you must know the voice of God. You must know his voice and be led by his spirit. And so, Father, right now I'm asking for an anointing to just come upon their life, Lord, to consolidate the Word of God deeply into the deeper recesses of their life, to compel them, to convict them, Lord, to make amendments even, to turn true north and hear what you are saying to them. And the people of God say, last week we talked about, and, and just... Just to bring some context of what I'm saying, some of us are fasting and praying. Uh, some of us are fasting and praying, and, and we're, uh, some of us are seven days into fasting and praying. Last Monday, we began our fast. Last Monday, it was the 11th of August, wasn't it? Last Monday, we're going to the 31st of August, and we're praying the Daniel fast. Daniel did that, 21 days, fruit and veggies, and so... Some of us are doing fruit and veggies. Who is fasting in the place? Who have we got left from this morning? Yeah, that's great. Okay, that's great. Some of us are fasting certain things. Some of, some of us are fasting food and, and just juice. Uh, myself, to be honest, because, you know, it's good to know, because how you do a long-term fast, I suggest you do three, four, even, say three days on water. Three days on water. And then you would go into juice. Not vegetable juice, but fruit juice. And then, of course, from there, into the fourth, fifth day, you would go into fruit, uh, veggie, veggie juice and fruit juice. Being careful of the mixes that you allow yourself. You've got to get a little bit... Yeah, be careful of the acids. And there is a little bit of, a, yeah, a little bit of um, sensibility there in, in doing that. But once you get into your fifth, fourth day, the first day is the hardest. That's war. That's war on your soul to say, you're not getting any food. You're not getting lunch. Trust me. You're not getting tea either. So just sit by here and it's cool. We're not going to starve. We've got enough, we've got enough padding. And then, and then the body goes, this guy ain't going to eat. What's he, what's he doing? What's this, uh, this, this, this Christian stuff, this... This, this spiritual stuff, this, is, oh, this guy's gone over the top now. And so your soul begins to argue with you and stuff and, and uh, you get through that first day. The second day, of course, it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot better. The second day is a lot better uh, and then you go into a groove, I believe. Grace sustains you where you simply are doing well. If you are praying and believing in God, if you're doing it in your own strength, that's sheer, that's, that's just hard. But if you're pressed into God, that's what fasting and prayer is about. Fasting is really about you encountering God, you moving stuff out of the way, refurnishing your soul, refurnishing, pushing the, maybe the, the, the clock, the big, you know, the grandfather clock from that door that takes you into a room, a prayer closet, maybe pushing the old wardrobe, past an old door that takes you into that room of praying and, you know, 
you know, living for God, whatever it is. And so you refurbish your interior of your spiritual life by fasting. Are you with me? Do you understand? And so the soul is now not vanquished, but it's told to sit by you. It's told to sit there. We're, we're on a pilgrimage. We're on a, we're on a, a, a quest to encounter God. They used to call it, I guess, uh, let's have a look at this scripture. I have, my time is gone. I'm not going to be able to do too much this, this, this night tonight, but I just want to get you something of what God is saying through this fasting and praying because I know some of you are. Sometimes you can't even effectively pray until you get a breakthrough through fasting. Do you know that? If I asked you to come to a prayer meeting this Wednesday night, you would know that you're straight up being set up for a fall. Because sometimes some of us have been to prayer meetings and we know it just doesn't work. That we're left out in the dark and we don't get the dividends. We don't get the reward of what it means to get a release. A lot of life is about getting a release. When you go see an action-packed movie, you want to get a release. And it happens all through the movie that you have been set up and, and it's happening and, and then the conclusion and then the big payoff at the end of the movie is everything coming together and it seemingly makes sense. The mystery is solved. The, the, the lover gets the, the, the you know, and, and then or, what, or the bad guy gets shot. There is a conclusion and you come out of the movie. Amen? And then you feel like, oh, wow, that was... Oh, I was on such a roller coaster, you know. You didn't know if, you know, the, the good guy was going to be taken out, but at the end of it, the good guy wins. It's like one of those Bourne movies. What do they call? Bourne Identity. It's a classic of that, that type of thing. You just go, and the guy's jumping and he's, you know, dodging and he's taking on the bad guys. And, and that is probably the high end of brilliance of how to make a movie to get you strung out in your emotional value of life so that at the end of it you're just wrung out and you go, God, I'm glad for that guy. He's, uh, and you just love it because it gets your adrenaline going and, and, it's, and you get a release. It was worth it. It was worth it. Well, fasting is a little bit like that and your spiritual life is a little bit like that. You need to get breakthroughs in your spiritual life where you get revelation knowledge where you get a word from God to tell you something about a situation, about your marriage, about your finances, about where you are at in God, you need to bring your life to a place and we call that ascending the hill of the Lord. How can you ascend the hill of the Lord? It's with clean hands. What's with, what, what does the Bible mean with clean hands? It means by your heart being clean, ceremonially clean. They used to clean their hands as priests in the Old Testament. We don't do that now but we cleanse our hearts, amen? We cleanse our hearts and we begin to ascend this hill and it's the revelation knowledge of God. We actually begin to ascend the teaching of Christ, the ascend the, the Lord in, through the teaching and the revelation knowledge of the Word of God and we build upon this rhema word and upon the Logos word and upon the, the Word of God, we begin to get up into a place where we can... Breathe and become focused. Do you know how scattered you can get in this world? Do you know how many distractions there are in this world? Man, there's stoplights, there's green lights, there's Hungry Jacks, there's McDonald's, there's footy, there's soccer, there's... Uh, and there's, there's, there's these shows and 
there's, there's this and your life and your, your, your stuff and your people speaking to you and people coming at you and people... Steve, I was on the land by myself. I thought, and Steve, you know, Steve Walcott came. He's our IT guru. And he gives me one hour of technological bamboozling rhetoric of how he's going to fix our building with all this IT stuff. And I'm just going... I actually walked away from him and said, Steve, I'm gone. You've done me in. I was just trying to be the nice pastor to hear him out. And I was just starting to go, I, I thought I was going to lose it. I thought I was going to snap. And I said, Steve, stop there. I've got to, I've got to go, mate. I'm actually fasting and praying. I shouldn't even be listening to this stuff. And so, you know, I walked out of that conversation. He said, oh, sorry, sorry, I wouldn't have told you. Exodus 24, verse 12 the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. I said, Exodus 24, verse 12. You can see here that God was trying to get Moses up into this altitude to talk to him on the Mount Sinai to speak to him about the destiny of a whole nation. And God says in Exodus 24, verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me. I feel like I'm there, Jules, with God. We went for a bushwalk this afternoon, Andrew. I know you're in prayer and fasting too. And man, you get into a zone. Once you get that soul subdued and you get your spirit flipped over because your soul wants to rule and reign. It wants to buy hamburgers. It wants to buy big shoes. It wants to drive fast cars. It wants to go to... It wants to do all this stuff. Your soul, it just loves to... You know, it loves loves life. Your soul loves... It's like, like a little puppy, like my little puppy. Big cakes, you know. You know, you know. It, it, your soul just wants to run rampant. And then, but with willpower, don't we bring it in? No, 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 come on, come on, come on. But actually your spirit wants to rule the roost almost. Your spirit wants charge because your spirit is fully redeemed. It's that which communes with God. Your spirit is wanting to commune with God. But if you don't allow your body to come into this humble surrender of God and if you don't come into a place of faith, your spirit never gets charged. It never gets fed nutritionally by the Word of God. Jesus is the head. We are the body. He is the vine. We are the branches. Do you know what I'm saying? And so there's, that God wants holy communion with His church. He wants holy communion with you to inform you, to encourage you, to affirm you. You, in, in, a, in a world that's gone awry, you need the Father's affirmation, especially men. Men are so strong in their own selves. I don't need any father. He let me down. I don't need any pastor, any church, any God, Jesus. I'm strong enough. I can get through. Just follow me, wife, kids. We'll get through here. And the old man hacks his way through the forest of depravity of a lost world. And he's, dad, the kids are going, you sure you know where you're going, Dad? Dad, trust me, I know where I'm going. I'm big enough, I'm strong enough. And the wife's going, yeah, okay, come on, lead us on that. Oh, I love this guy, he's excellent. Uh, you know, but, but it's, it's about you eventually. It's about you, my precious journeyer in God, your on a quest, the most noble task, seeking God on a journey into intimacy with God. 
that needs to know God intimately, to be led by Him, to be encouraged by Him. The Holy Spirit is your encourager, your comforter. You need Him there all the time. The parakletos, He's called. He's your comforter, your encourager, the advocator, your Holy Spirit. This is the difference between this church and a bunch of religion that says, jump through some hoops and, uh, and, and sit by you while we do this stuff and, and that's hocus pocus, go out there and do your stuff. Gee. No, we're actually saying to you, we're, we're, we're deferring you to Jesus. I want you to walk out of this place knowing the intimacy of Jesus. But he comes to you by the Holy Spirit that comforts you, that counsels you, that teaches you. The Holy Spirit is actually your leadership in your life. I'm a leader in this church, but the Holy Spirit is your leadership. You should be listening to your Holy Spirit. What do you think, Holy Spirit? What's happening here? What should I do? Your Holy Spirit is your teacher. He only says what God wants to say to you. He doesn't speak on his behalf. He doesn't say, oh man, it's been busy at the office today. Yeah. Oh, I had some things to say to you that God said, but look, I'm not sure, but look, this will do. He never says that. The Holy Spirit always speaks purely from the heart of God. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why you've got to befriend the Holy Spirit. And so here is Moses, come up to me on this mountain and stay here, God says to Moses, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commands I have written for their instruction. So this is for instruction. This is for instruction, the Bible, for, your, for your, their instruction. And 40 days were spent there, God talking to him, communing with him, finding out what the laws, the precepts, the principles, the nature of God. And Moses comes down off the mountain just strung out in God. The glory is all over him, in fact. And he comes down and, of course, that's what we need to do in fasting and praying. We need times like that where we ascend the hill of the Lord. Isn't it true? Yeah, just put your hands together. Yeah, yeah. It's a very busy world. A lot of distractions can keep you dustbound, literally dustbound. And I'm just going to be, I want to be very economical with my words. He's the comforter, the strengthener, the helper, the advisor, the advocate, the intercessor. He's your ally. He's your friend. That is the Holy Spirit. We all need to hear God for ourselves. Say that. I need to hear God for myself. We all need to ascend the hill of the Lord to hear God for ourselves. Now, this hill is not a literal hill. Like Moses had to climb up a mountain. We don't do that now. Well, I do. I, I do that on my prayer wall. So I ascend the hill of the Lord and I chill out on this great hill that's near my place. And, of course, when you can get your life out of that room, out of that ceiling, some of us are like that. They're just, I'm a good Christian, I know, but there's got to be more. Why does this Pastor Phil get so excited every Sunday? There's got to be more. Why do my friends, why does Pastor Andrew speak so fervently about prospering? There must be more. Why, 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 does, why does Jilly and, 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 and these beautiful people that lead us into the throne room of God, why are they so passionate? Why do they do that? There's more to this than just sitting in a church. This is a journey. We're on a quest, an adventure, on a most noble journey, quest in seeking the heart of God, but then in knowing what He has for us in this time, in this life, in this world where you live, where you're at, 
In every day of your life, He wants to inform you what He's already doing around you. And that's how evangelism works. Because wherever you go, God is doing something. But when you're hearing by the Spirit of God, you know who to reach out to. And you won't end up with egg on your face by speaking to the wrong person. Amen? You can speak to the right person. Because the Holy Spirit, you go to reach out to this one, you go, "Uh, uh, no, it's that one. I wouldn't have picked that one, God. You sure? You sure? Trust me, just go over (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. But this only comes by your filters, your heart, your life surrendered to God. And if it's not in that place, if you feel that wall, and if you feel separated from God, like it says in the Song of Solomons, that the lover stands behind the lattice, stands behind the wall and looks at you. If you feel that separation... I recommend to you fasting and praying. Is that all right? Oh, if you can't fast, there are other ways to get around that. You could fast TV. You could fast stuff. So, internet surfing. You could, you, could, you could fast stuff that you really like. Do you know what I'm saying? That suggests to God that you are making a sacrifice. That you are suggesting to God. Now, every fast is measured by the encounter that you have with God. There's no good fasting if you don't pray. So we call it fasting and praying. I'm not just fasting for my health, although it's going to do me good, I know. I'm fasting and praying and I want it. And man, am I hearing God. I went for a walk this afternoon. This afternoon. And God's just there. He's t- I could have sat in that bushland beside that river with you, Jules, Two hours went like that and we're just sitting on a big old log. Dear God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the souls. Thank you for the church. Thank you, God. Oh, God, bless our children. Bless Jessie. She's in Europe. My daughter, number two. Bless Julie. Bless Andrew. Bless my family. Bless the church. And two hours just gone like that. No sweat, no striving. Just completely surrendered into the presence of God and just in the economy of God. I, I, we were supernaturally sustained in a, in a place, in a zone of a time of prayer for two hours. And it was like we could have stayed there longer except that our bottoms were getting numb and, and like Andrew's foot went numb, our bottoms were going numb on a big old log. And I said, Jules, I think I've got to move. The grace has lifted, the cloud is moving, let's go. And so we, we began to move on down the line. Amen. And we're still in the presence, walking in the presence. Fasting can do this. It can get you a breakthrough. Every great man of God, every see, heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Jesus is suggesting in that scripture that sometimes you've got to get violent. You've got to get assertive with your spirit, with your life. I mean, with your, with your soul. You've got to say, soul, sit by you. You're not going to watch bunch of TV and stuff. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna sit by here. My spirit's going to commune with God. And that's what, that's what we do as disciplined people. We worship God and love God. And we begin then to attune our life and sensitize our spirit to God. And then he, he starts to become part of that, the, who we are. We know when we're doing hard yards or we're backsliding then. Some people maybe are just so numb in this area of their spirit. 
because they're just by their soul, they're living life in God. God wants you to be optimized in your spirit. Let's all stand. God bless you. I know you. We need to hear from God about issues and decisions, family matters, financial health, everything. Can I just have a little bit of music? I just need to put a full stop on this. John's disciples came and asked, how is this that we and the Pharisees fast, but you disciples do not fast? The disciples didn't fast because they were with Jesus. And that's why I'm fasting now, to be with Jesus. If Jesus was here now, maybe I wouldn't fast. And that's why we fast, to go to be with Jesus. And the Pharisees were saying, why? We're all fasting. And, and, and what about your disciples, uh, Jesus? They're, they're not fasting. Hang on. But they got me. Anything they want, anything they need, I can provide it for them. Anything they want, anything they want to ask, I can give it to them. And ultimately, that's what fasting is about. They say our fasting is measured by our ability to touch God and by touch, be touched by Him. Fasting does not become effective when we stop eating. It becomes when we start praying. Fasting draws us closer to God to hear Him. This is for anyone in the house tonight that just needs a breakthrough. See your doctor if you're going to fast, if you're, if you're young. I went on my, fast through, through my first three-day fast as a, an 18-year-old. And uh, just water, no troubles, no troubles. If you drink a lot of coffee and stuff, you're in for the ride of your life because you're going to get caffeine. But you can fast in the grace of God, trust me. The information is on the table. Moses was called up to get revelation knowledge for the nation of Israel. Sometimes we're called up. I believe I'm being called up to the hill of the Lord now. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord but those with clean hands? Father, purify us now. Cleanse us now. Wash us now. Anoint us now to ascend the hill of the Lord. Bit by bit, at every level, gaining revelation knowledge of who you are, God, your nature, your kindness, your goodness, your love towards us. Father, I ascend the hill of the Lord in your name, in your name, to know you, to hear you.